over the course of our lives, we've all received a number of different gifts. Some amazing, some not so good, probably. But we've received them on birthdays, anniversaries, Christmases, graduations, or any other reason that we have to celebrate. In fact, sometimes we receive gifts for no reason at all. This morning, before we get started, I want to just do a little exercise with you. I'm going to warn you, it's going to involve group participation, and you're going to have to raise your hand at some point, okay? So please bear with me, or else it really ruins my illustration here, okay? So what I want you to do is think of your favorite or your top three favorite gifts you have ever received of all time. Your top three gifts. Don't think too hard. And I'm not talking about like the gift of love or the gift of life or the gift of being a parent. I'm talking about like materialism here. No, somewhat. Something that you have received and tangible in your lives. All right. Once you've got that in your head, and even if you don't yet, just bear with me, I want you to raise your hand in the air. All right. See, there's like two people participating. This is what I was talking about. Raise your hand high in the air. Now wave them like a... No, okay. No, just just wave them in the air. Don't wave them. Keep them in the air. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give some qualifications. If you do not meet that qualification with that gift anymore, I want you to put your hand down. Okay? Or if you have weak arm strength, go ahead and put your arm down at that point. So, arms up in the air. Do you still own the gift? If you still own the gift, keep your hand up. If not, put it down. Do you still use the gift? If you have it still, keep it up. If not, put it down. Is the gift still something you use every single day of your life? If it is, keep it up. If not, put it down. All right. Now, you've seen a lot of hands go down. And for those of you with hands still in the air, congratulations. You have great gift givers in your life, all right? It is incredibly rare to be given a gift that we can use every single day for the rest of our lives. And when we get a gift like that, it should be treasured. It should be celebrated. Today is a special day in the life of the church because it's a day we celebrate receiving a gift that we still use today. One that changed the course of history for followers of Jesus. Today is Pentecost Sunday. The day where we were given the Holy Spirit. To explore receiving this gift, we're going to be turning to the book of Acts. Leading up to our passage, Jesus had just ascended up to heaven ten days earlier. And he had told his disciples to wait for him. And he promised that they would receive the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, he would finally do it. And it would prove to be an unbelievable and amazing experience. Acts 2 verses 2 through 4 describes what was experienced. It talks about experience the sound of blowing violent wind. Tongues of fire separating and landing on the heads of people. And followers of Jesus speaking in tongues and languages they had never spoke before. Doesn't that sound kind of crazy? Could you imagine that happening here? This experience led to a large crowd of Jews gathering around Jesus' disciples, questioning whether or not they were drunk. But Peter would take advantage of this crowd 
by sharing with them the redemptive story of the gospel and explaining what exactly it was they were seeing that day. And it's at the tail end of Peter's sermon that we find our passage for today. So if you're willing to turn with me to Acts 2, verses 32 through 39, we're going to be there today. And our scripture reader for this week is Sandy Nordquist. So Sandy, could you please make your way to the center of the room? And would everyone who is able please rise for the reading of God's word? We rise and we face the center of the room to remind us how scripture is to be central to our lives and the primary lens we view to live, how we li- the view how we live. So Sandy, whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Thank you, Sandy. You can all be seated. Our scripture for today starts at the end of Peter's sermon on Pentecost. And in verses 32 and 33, we see Peter finish his proclamation of the gospel, and we see him proclaim that Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of God. And he finishes up by explaining what exactly it was they were seeing that day. But from there, he would shift gears. He would go from proclaiming the gospel to convicting the heart. He would go through and do this through the use of Scripture. Throughout his sermon, he used Scripture to help illustrate what it was he wanted the Jews in attendance to learn. And in that specific instance, he wanted them to recognize that everything around them that was happening was a fulfillment of Scripture. In verse 34 and 35, he would use the words from King David found in Psalm 110, verse 1. And it says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He used this to show that it was Jesus who was Lord sitting next to God. And after connecting Jesus being Lord and Messiah that was prophesied about, Peter would unveil a truth that would cut those who heard to the heart. Verse 36 says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. This would end up being a, a huge aha moment in the midst of Peter's sermon. With the statement that Peter made, many of the Jews in attendance now realize, uh oh, 
We crucified the one that was supposed to be our savior. They didn't know what to do next. But Peter did. And so he would go on to say in verse 38, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter is letting all of the people know even though they had betrayed their Savior, there was still hope. But this hope they had involved turning from the path they were on and they would have to repent their denial of Christ and return back to the path that God had intended for them, the path of following Jesus. Repentance is an important component of being a Christian. It's more than just confessing and admitting what we did was wrong and then asking for forgiveness. It's also taking action to return to the path that God has for us. A huge component of repentance is turning away and changing our actions and behaviors that led to the sin that we were guilty of. On a regular basis, my wife confronts me with my marital sin. When I leave my socks on the floor next to the couch every single day when I get home. Not cleaning my hair by the sink every time I shave. And not throwing away the milk carton when I've finished it off. And of course, I always respond with remorse and repentance. But nothing seems to change. So often, that's how we treat repentance in our lives, though, isn't it? We repent of letting our anger get the better of us, only to yell at our spouse again. We repent for a shady business deal, only to take advantage of another person. We repent of lying to the people we love, only to found ourselves tangled up in lies again and again and again. We are often missing the point of true repentance. True repentance involves a change in direction. As followers of Jesus, even after we become Christians, we must continue to come to Jesus in repentance for the sins that we commit. We must be committed to staying on the path that God has for us. One action that would lead these people, to, uh, that listening to the message towards that, that direction was getting baptized. Getting baptized was an action that symbolized their need to be cleansed and renewed of their sins. And doing so in the name of Jesus started them on a path of following him. Paul said that if the people listening were to do these things, they would be given a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. What would be given to them was not just a resource or tool to use in times of need, but part of the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now they might not have known exactly what they were getting into or what they were receiving with that gift, but let me tell you, it was and continues to be a gift worth celebrating. 
That day on Pentecost, this gift would have an immediate impact on the body of Christ. An immediate impact on the individuals receiving it. And we see this in our passage just after it in Acts 2 verse 41. It goes on to say, Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The gift given that day had a supernatural and life-changing effect on the initial 120 believers it was given to. And this would lead to people taking notice and wondering what is going on. It led and convicted Peter to give a sermon to over 3,000 Jews who didn't believe in Jesus. What the Holy Spirit did that day transformed the lives of 3,000 people and turned them into followers of Jesus. What the Holy Spirit did that day is worth celebrating, and it continues to be worth celebrating because the Spirit is active and alive today. Without the gift of the Holy Spirit, we would not be equipped to live a life of following Jesus. One of the primary roles it plays in our lives is to be a helper and advocate in understanding and living out our faith. We should celebrate because the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. I mentioned earlier that a huge component of being a follower of Jesus is repentance and the Holy Spirit illuminates different aspects of what it is that we're doing in our lives that goes against God's word and what Jesus teaches. Scripture affirms this truth in John 16, 8, when it says, When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. The Spirit convicts us, but we must be willing to listen and follow the conviction. I think it can be easy for us to distort, tune out, or manipulate what it is the Spirit's trying to convict us of. Instead of listening and following, we might try to rationalize that what we're doing is okay, or ignore what is being said about us, ignore what is being said about um, how we're doing out of pride or self-preservation. When we feel something heavy on our hearts, something heavy on our minds, it might be the Spirit trying to tell us something. But when we feel that, we must always hold what the Spirit is telling us to Scripture to make sure that it is from God that we are getting this information. While the Spirit convicts us of sin, it also guides us to truth, which is another reason to celebrate it. John 16, uh, verse 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only of what he hears, and he will tell you of what is yet to come. We are so incredibly blessed to have the Holy Spirit reveal truth in our lives. He points us towards the truth of Christ, truth of God, his creation, and his redemptive plan for all of us. He points us towards truth and how we are to live as followers of Jesus. So often in life, we go to different people and resources to figure out how it is uh, we're supposed to live. Maybe we turn to a best friend, a favorite teacher, self-care books, uh, news stations, podcasts, or the always reliable YouTube but 
The Spirit is our ultimate ally, pointing us towards truth. Truth is not easily found in a world where falsehoods and personal preferences can prove more intriguing. Now more than ever, in a world full of misinformation and and challenging cultural issues, we need to embrace the Spirit's help in revealing truth in our lives. It's important to cultivate our ability to discern and perceive what the Spirit who guides us to truth is saying and leading us towards. We can do this through spending time in solitude, learning how to sit and listen, making sure that God's word is evident in our lives, and paying attention to what God is doing in our lives. Are we hearing the same thing over and over again? Is there something that continues to be placed on our heart and mind? Pay attention and then hold it up to scripture and see if it could be something that God is leading you towards. One of these truths that the Spirit leads us to is God's word. And when we go to the Bible filled with the Holy Spirit, we are enabled to hear what God's word is trying to tell us. We believe scripture is inspired and God breathed, and so it makes sense that we probably need God's help in understanding it. With the Holy Spirit, the Bible becomes more than a history book. It becomes more than a series of stories about morals. And it becomes more than a book about good and evil. It instead turns into a book that reveals the heart and intentions of God and his plan of redemption and restoration for humanity. John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit teaches, instructs, and enables us how to better understand and apply all the beautiful and mysterious teachings that we find in God's word and help us apply it to our lives. His presence in us as we read scripture is the reason why we can learn something from it different than we did a year ago. I don't know if you've had this experience where you, you go and you read something from the Bible and you, you hit it a, a year later and you get something completely new and transformational. The Holy Spirit allows for us to understand what God wants us to get from Scripture in that moment. The gift we were given, the day at Pentecost, is worth celebrating because it convicts us of sin, it guides us to truth, and it enables us to understand what God's Word is trying to tell us. But not only does the Holy Spirit change what we, the way we live and the way we think, it transforms who we are. It transforms our lives. When we choose to put our faith in Jesus and are filled with the Spirit, we become a new creation. We now have God with us, in us, and we find our way back to being in a right relationship with God. Titus 3 verses 4 through 7 says this, But when the kindness and love of our God, Savior, our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, 
whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having hope of eternal life. It is through God's kindness, love, and mercy that he sent Jesus to us. And it's because of Jesus' act on the cross and his resurrection that we are saved. But it's through the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that Jesus' promise was fulfilled and that he lives in us. This truth not only transforms us, but it transforms our circumstances. And it transforms our future. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer separated from God. Because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can find hope in what is to come. We find hope in spending an eternity in the presence of God. And with the fellowship of believers who's gone before us. Now that's a gift worth celebrating, isn't it? Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for this day where we get to celebrate uh, receiving your Holy Spirit. God, we ask that we be a spirit-led place, one who um, just takes full advantage of the gift that you have given us. Help us utilize the Holy Spirit every day in all that we do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a great week.